everyone, and welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of GoombaStomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Dax, and joining us, we have games editor Mark Kalaroff. Cameron, have you ever mm. played a Kingdom Hearts game? No, and I never will. With us is indie games editor Campbell Gill. <laughs> I have also not played a Kingdom Hearts game, but maybe I will some point <laughs> in the very, very distant future. See, okay, this is, okay, so from someone who knows absolutely nothing about Kingdom Hearts lore other than what I've kind of gleaned from pop culture. Uh, I feel like my response was the heartless response. <laughs> is that very, is that the phrase? Yeah. I think so. I mean, the first game has a good plot, and then after that, it's off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> it's always been my impression. Although I will say, uh, Mark, to, to kind of tie back to his, uh, a discussion we had a few weeks back, when my GB operator comes in December... I will absolutely play that Game Boy Advance Kingdom Hearts game because that looks dope. Didn't they? They remade that one for PS2. Did they really? But I don't yes. want to play it on a PlayStation. I want to play it on a Game Boy Advance cartridge that I plug well, into my laptop. Well, you could play it soon I was gonna say on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. It'll be in that collection. That's right. So we're going to get to that. So um, obviously we are referring to the fact that the final Super Smash Brothers Ultimate character was revealed this morning as of recording... Uh, we had a final Mystery Sakurai Presents, and contrary to what a lot of people thought, including our very own website, Sora was re- revealed as the final character in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. How how are we, general general takeaways, how are we feeling? Phoenix as I said the last... <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it again, as I said the last, like, three or four characters. All right. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. More content... That's that it. is absolutely yeah. my reaction. So I, uh, I I hopped on to you know YouTube at six fifty eight this morning or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. The crack of I dawn, went, of course. Crack of dawn. I, I typed into the search bar, uh, Smash Direct or something, and it auto filled. And again, this is before the presentation. It auto filled to Smash Direct Sora, which is interesting. Uh, so I don't know if it got leaked <laughs> like a minute early or what, but it, it did auto fill to that before I uh, even finished typing out Super Smash Bros. Direct. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah, it's a surprising reveal. I think ultimately a great reveal. The character looks incredibly fun to play. We'll get into it, uh, but I do want to kind of start kind of beat by beat with this Mr. Sakurai Presents final presentation. So as they've built up over the last couple of months, this is the final, 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 no asterisks, no quotation marks, Mr. Sakurai Presents for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Or is it? Do we? <laughs> what do we think? Is this this? I think it's, it's the, the last one. No, no, it's the last it. one. Yeah. It's, it's the last yeah. one. There for the are, sake, yeah. of, for the sake of Sakurai's sanity, I hope it's the last one. Yeah, it's, I'm already uh, seeing saw... screen rant articles that are saying ten reasons why it's not the end. Like no, oh, it's literally God. the end. The title is the final presentation. He says goodbye at the ending. <laughs> like, yeah, and also, I like clearly, nearly every single section of this presentation he's like well since this is the last time since we're saying goodbye since this is the final character yeah. i the, think he the, wants to let you know title. that this is the last one <laughs> yeah what did he say that that really got to me he was uh when, when he did the demo like the the gameplay demo with the with the cpus and he was like oh this is the last time i'll ever do that mm-hmm. it was like oh that was it was very oddly affecting to me that that specific moment when he was fighting uh cloud and, and sephiroth mm-hmm. um, i love the part where he's like oh when the game came out, you could have been in middle school, and now you would have been in high school. Yeah, that yeah. resonates well, honestly, with me because when the Wii U game came out, I was in middle school, and now when Ultimate is completing its DLC, I'm in college. So yeah, I wasn't even in college when Smash Ultimate was announced, and now yeah, here right. I am in my senior year. So yeah. life has gone by, and Smash has come right along with it. It's crazy yeah. how far this game has come. Well, it's interesting. So Smash Ultimate for me marks a, a different anniversary as well. It marks the anniversary of, uh, I think it was like the one-year anniversary when I started working with The Completionist. Because mm. uh, he, he completed that game, uh, Gerard did, in, I don't know, maybe like a month or two after it came out. And uh, I had just been with working with his company for about a year at that point. So that was uh, a special anniversary to, to kind of be along for that ride. I didn't write that episode, but it was still fun to to be a part of the crew when, when that game was being completed. That was very cool. Um, so yeah, lot, lots of lots of anniversaries being tied to to Smash Ultimate. I actually loved, Mark, that he, that he framed it that way because I think that's a lot of people's journey with Kingdom Hearts as well. 
uh, mm. infamously a series that took a very long time yes. for the, 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 uh, <laughs> the trilogy to be years. completed. Uh, so I think that's a lot of people's journey with, with that series of games. They started playing it, it as a lot of people's very first entry into video games. Uh, you know, a lot of people's very first RPG, a lot of people's first influence uh, from Square Enix. Um, so yeah, I think I think it was a kind of a, a poetic way to, to tie off this Fighter's Pass DLC, was this, this legacy character. People have been clamoring for Sora, jokingly or not, for many, many years. And I thought it was actually kind of elegant the way they, they decided to implement him into the game. Um, well, he clearly was cool. the most wanted character because they said he yeah. was the top of the fighter ballot. I was so surprised so, okay. it revealed that. Yeah. Outright I, saying that that was the most voted for character. I wonder, Other than though, Bayonetta. <laughs> other than Bayonetta. I wonder if that's a little bit of like Nintendo magic, though. Because it's not like... It's, I mean, like we don't have access to that data. He could just be saying, "Hey, well, it's the most requested character." It's like I, I trust that he's being truthful, but also I wonder if they tweak those numbers a little bit. No, you know I, mean? I think I honestly think he was truthful about that. And the reason I say that is when they revealed Bayonetta, they were like, "She's number three in the world in this country and number one only in Europe." And it was like, mm-hmm. like, hmm, something, something doesn't sound right here, you know? Right. And I guess yeah, now right. we know why. Like four years later. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. Um, so yeah, so it was a, a cool way to start the presentation, being like, "Hey, here's kind of the legacy of of the of this of Smash Ultimate. Here's the legacy of Smash Brothers in general. Like, I've been doing these these Mr. Sakurai presents things for a really long time. Da da da. Uh, I thought he held it together really well, Mr. Sakurai. I uh, not that I expected him to get like overly emotional or anything, but it, it was it was I think he was still very much himself, very funny. Just just it was like I'm here to to present this character, and then we're gonna call it a day, and that'll be that. And I hope that uh, I don't know what he does to to relax, but I hope he is enjoying whatever he does this this evening. I hope he's having a very relaxing time, whether that's a a nice bottle of whiskey or a cup of tea or whatever he does. I hope he's I hope he's having a, a nice rest. You know what I mean? No, um, he's working on Kid Icarus too now. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, honestly, they already got him down in the office. Legitimately, Mark. Legitimately, he probably is. Like, it's probably like, all right, finish this project, on to the next one. Like that, he seems like to have that kind of personality, um, for better and worse. Mm. You know. Well, I think he's going to take a bit of a break from now on because, uh, I mean, he didn't stop at the Wii U and 3DS, right? He just kept going, and it's been like what ten years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like this guy hasn't had a break. He literally hasn't. I saw, he developed I saw three an, games. Yeah, without without stopping. I, I saw a really amazing. I can't remember if it was a tweet or a Reddit post or something today, but that was uh, just kind of musing on the fact that like, wow, this is the final Mr. Sakurai presents. Uh, Miyamoto is kind. Of, he's taking more of a of a leadership role than a than a creative director role lately. The last couple of games, you know, he's, he's handing off Zelda. He's a little more hands off with with Mario and stuff like that. Uh, obviously, Reggie is no longer with Nintendo. Uh, Mr. Uh, Iwata passed away. It's like it really does feel like we're entering a new age of Nintendo leadership, and I'm very curious to see what that will what that will bear in the next couple of years. Um, does that does that kind of resonate with you guys at all? Yeah, I yeah. saw that exact tweet that you're referring to. So actually. it was a tweet. Good. Okay. Yes, I yeah. I think so at least, unless I'm misremembering. But you know, it's the kind of thing that you don't realize at first, but then when you look at the chronology of the events that have taken place, you know, with Reggie leaving a few years back, with like you said, Miyamoto taking more of a, a advisory role. Really, it started with Iwata passing away so back in 2015 mm. nintendo has been in this transition period and it's really amazing that the switch has become the huge success that it is but it represents a major new direction for nintendo and we see that with the games that they're putting out as well games like smash ultimate games like breath of the wild and mario odyssey these are new directions for these series that you wouldn't have seen if it were still miyamoto in charge right or with the same creators still in charge so we are definitely heading in new directions with this beyond what I think anything we could have expected. Although actually now that I'm thinking about this, the biggest example in my view is the director of Animal Crossing New Horizons, who I don't think she had worked on any other major um, Nintendo IP before. But then here she was, she created or directed 
one of Nintendo's biggest successes in decades, um, there are new minds, new forces in charge coming in at Nintendo, and it's amazing to see it change. It's also yeah. should be mentioned the guy who does uh, Splatoon. Mm, I yeah, can't remember right. His yes. name off the top. You know, Squid Research Lab guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all you need to know. Yeah, Gotta the magical pose guy. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a a great point. Um, yeah, I'm I'm so curious to see what uh, what that leads to. Uh, obviously, this is going to be like one of those things where it's not like tomorrow we're going to get like here's the new Miyamoto or something like that. Like obviously, these people <laughs> have been. Can you imagine? Uh, like obviously, the, you know, N- Nintendo's been working with you know, creative producers and, and art directors and, and game designers for, for decades. And these people are coming up through the ranks. Like Anuma is the perfect example, A.G. Anuma. Mm-hmm. Um, like, obviously, we're seeing more of his uh, sensibilities come come to the forefront and that kind of stuff. Um, right. And, of course, Doug Bowser, you know, he's been doing a great job, I feel like, uh, despite his secret agenda to to destroy Nintendo from the inside, I think he's doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with his uh, Legion um, of Goombas. But yeah, exactly, one yeah. other one other figure that I want to highlight is Yoshiaki Koizumi, who yes. has been so yeah, leading so, so many of the directs guy. lately. He actually was the writer of A Link to the Past and one of the directors on the Mario Galaxy games, so he's been involved in some of my personal favorite games of all time, and he's been getting more and more of a significant um, public-facing role at Nintendo. I'm just imagining now, I think that of all people at Nintendo to become the, you know, quote-unquote new Miyamoto, he's probably the most likely candidate because of his work on Mario, because of his role as the new image of Nintendo Directs, in a way. Right. Well, and, and, I, and I think I want to I pull back a little bit on, like, we need another Miyamoto, because, like... No, we do. We don't. No. We don't, we don't. We don't. <laughs> we, like, like, it's, it's such a... It's, like, auteur theory is, like, a whole thing. Like, obviously, games are made mm. by dozens, if not hundreds, if not thousands of people. Um, so to say that, like... There's one person in charge of this is kind of an insane thing to say, but like obviously Nintendo does have a history of fostering incredible talent mm-hmm. um, and just personalities in general. Personalities That's why they put them at you know the yes. forefront of everything. It, like and that is exactly. older directs were you know a blank background with a face on top. And that's exactly <laughs> what makes the Sakurai Presents so refreshing now because mm-hmm. modern directs. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that they're devoid Have of no charm. Budget. Well, there's that. <laughs> but compare them to the Reggie era Nintendo Directs, and there were so many skits and comics and just silly things happening. These are right. relatively more tame, whereas the Sakurai Presents are, like, he's basically giving us a stand-up routine between each segment, <laughs> where he's like, he's like, all right, let's... Let's see how much I can bear. I don't know who I'm talking to. Kimble, are, you, are you saying you prefer now over when Bill Trenton was no, part no, of Tomodachi no, 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 no. life and they had them hailing the virtual boy. <laughs> that is the exact opposite of what I'm saying. I will never forget the direct where you have the Reginator vaporizing people. You know, <laughs> like you cannot replicate that stuff or you cannot forget it. And Koizumi, as much as I love him, him standing in front of a blank red background is not gonna replace that at all. Sure. To be well, fair, it, it, he was in the Arctic during that one time. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's true. We first showed the Joy-Cons. Yeah. Okay, that that presentation was an exception. Where not only was he in the Arctic, but he like he splayed out on the couch and was like, "I prefer to play this way with his arms like splayed in different directions." That's so funny. Uh, but all that to say, like, this was a direct that made me think about all of those things. This this present this presentation, it really did get me thinking. I'm like, oh wow, like here's here's all the stuff we've done in the past. Things are going to look and feel different now. Um, well, yeah, it's definitely a conclusion, and I mean, we're starting a, yeah. to approach the, I don't want to say the end of the Switch era, but, I mean, it's about to be five years, you know? Yeah, I, I would say it's certainly the, the latter half of its, like, cycle, if not the latter, you know, the latter third or quarter, you know? it's, yeah, it's certainly but we're definitely getting closer and closer to whatever's yeah. next. The Switch Pro, yeah. <laughs> the Switch OLED 2. Switch yeah, I don't OLED. know. <laughs> not going to get into those 4K rumors right now that the doc can output it. No, 4K. I, 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 we can't. We can't. Next, week. uh, uh, next week's uh, conversation. <laughs> thank you. Yes, exactly. And the week after, and the week after that. Until the, the end of time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, uh, that being said, it was a, a conclusion. It felt a li- it, There was certainly a, a, a feeling of melancholy sort of pervading this presentation. But the, the actual direct itself pretty solid uh i like really good 
Mm-hmm. I liked the yeah. new me costumes, even though I've I've mm-hmm. never made a me fighter. <laughs> I did. A, <laughs> yeah. I did like the, the new me costumes. At this point, all I, all I need from these me uh, costume reveals is just the meme material, and we absolutely got that with the Doom Slayer reveal, where it started with the first person and then you know crushed all those dreams at once that Doom Slayer would <laughs> become a playable fighter. But at least he's in the game in some form. I I didn't yeah. catch this, but does Doom Slayer come with a soundtrack? Oh, I think there was a little bit of heavy metal playing, um, or maybe that was just for for flair for the direct. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I certainly recall them playing some kind of heavy metal music during his reveal. Yes, they were playing heavy metal music when Sakurai was doing his little talk afterwards, which I just thought was, you know, Sakurai over heavy metal is a perfect combination. <laughs> yeah, again, as you, as you said Kirby, off, of course, mm-hmm. as you yeah. said uh, off, Mike Campbell, Sakurai is he is the meme lord, as we all know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's just one more one more little set of memes for for the road, you know. Uh, I do appreciate the <laughs> that every every time we've had one of these directs, somebody's dreams are are crushed and destroyed, and this was an excellent <laughs> one with with the Doom Guy costume. Uh, the Octoling wigs looked cool too. I actually liked the little tentacle headpiece; that was very awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, cat head. Judd cat is head. adorable. <laughs> Judd. <laughs> Everybody loves Judd. Judd, also known as Cathead. Oh my that's gosh, a, that's that was a later so funny. debate for this year. But will he be the hero of Splatoon three? That's a separate conversation. Yeah. We'll we'll know closer to the. Uh, hopefully, we'll find out a little closer mm-hmm. to that game's release. But yeah, a nice little set of three costumes uh, coming out the same day as Sora drops. So that was very cool. So we talked about kind of the the uh, you know what Sora's reveal means. To, to players as a whole, what it means to the Smash community in general. How do you think he looks as a fighter? He looks, he looks cool, yeah. right? I love the lightweight characters. They're my favorite yeah. Steve's. The way he can like, zip around the stage. Yeah. 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 He, watching him do his basic like jump, jump, up, B was awesome. Like the, the, the air was so good. The way he just like... I think he went off screen, right? With just his normal triple jump? That blew my mind. <laughs> Yeah, I I like the floatier kind of. I, I love even though Mewtwo is like a heavier character. I love I love how he his jump feels really floaty. Mm-hmm. Always been a fan of Jigglypuff. Like I think I Pichu, think the more airborne characters, Kirby. Pichu, like exactly the more airborne characters have always been very fun to play as. I appreciated that he made an effort to say that hey Sora is going to be a little less involved than you know King of Fighters or uh, you know Kazuya or any of these other guys. Like it's you don't have to worry about doing fighting game inputs to make to still have a great time i i appreciate well, we were it definitely really hit with some, uh, yeah we were hit with some complicated characters over the last exactly. few dlcs you know yeah i thought it was again a nice way to round out the fighters past dlc to be like hey this one he's not so complicated you can just kind of mash buttons and have a great time um <laughs> and, and what i guess is i really appreciate how sakurai has been translating rpg mechanics into smash characters mm-hmm. both with starting with hero and with byleth the way he made those turn-based those menu-based movesets work in smash and that kind of transitions too towards sora with how the magic system works with altering between those spells i think that's a nice layer of strategy added onto and otherwise still easy to pick up and approachable character oh yeah well ever since ever since pokemon trainer i think i I love the way they've been okay like our character we have these basic movesets but how do we how do we make those basic movesets feel like they're actually much more deep and i think Mm -hmm. they've been doing that really well especially with the dlc Mm -hmm. fighters um cloud springs to mind sephiroth like and of course like you said campbell i think hero is the best example of that uh, but yeah, I think it looks, I love that you can just cycle through the different spells. And even within that, they all have different uses. Like Faraga, you can still blast multiple Faraga spells. Uh, the Blizzaga has different uses depending on how high the enemy's percentage is. Even Thundaga, like I love that has different uses depending on whether you're in the air, on the ground, like depending on how and when you fire it. Like I think that's really smart and great. Um and of course, I think the three, the combo thing, uh, pretty genius. You can just hold the button, you can mash the button. I, I think that's mm-hmm. really cool. And, and Straight out of Kingdom Hearts. Exactly. Once again, perfectly transitioning those RPG yeah. mechanics into the game. Really smart. Really, really, really smart. The, uh, I, I think his stage looks awesome. 
I wish it does, every yeah. I wish every character in the game could have a stage that pays tribute to them as well as that one does. The only thing is, well, this ties into the whole Disney issue, but it's Just weird how they changed uh, yeah. Yeah, the background art in the murals. They changed yeah. them to take out all the Disney art, which <laughs> it's pretty funny looking at. I don't know if you've it's seen like, the comparisons glaring. on social yeah. media. How yeah. it's like, oh, they replaced Mickey Mouse's face with like a fruit and then Goofy with like the pretty, boat. Pretty yeah. funny. I think I think Kotaku has an article today that's like, oh, they forgot to put Disney in the Smash reveal. Like, pretty, <laughs> pretty funny. Like, like obviously you can see why. Like, I imagine it would have been hell to try to mm-hmm. iron well, out. Clearly, the B-roll issues. was even a problem because Mickey Mouse appears once in the entire B-roll, and you can't even see his face. He's like the hooded figure. Yeah, that's which a was great strange. Point. It's understandable, like, if you think about it for more than 10 seconds, it's like, yeah, of course Disney's not going to just give that away, like, obviously. But it is kind of disappointing. Like, imagine how awesome it would be if, like, for this final smash, like, Goofy and Donald show up and just, <laughs> just wreck everybody on screen. Like, how, how good would that be? Or if you had, like, a healing move that was Donald Duck or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, or I mean, at least a taunt like Morgana would show Yeah, right. Again, it's understandable, but a, a little disappointing that that, that isn't uh, included in, in this character's mm-hmm. reveal. At least they did, like, you know, they do it as faithful as possible. Like, they even did, like, the Timeless River skin. Like, that's awesome that they went as far as to include something like that. That skin looked stunning. Absolutely. Yeah, so this is actually, I think this is a great a great time to transition into this part of the, the, the topic. Um, my, my, we talked a little bit about this in the beginning, but my Kingdom Hearts knowledge is zero like other than making jokes at other people's expense about how silly kingdom hearts looks uh to me all those costumes look the same uh they all looked like <laughs> no, they, do. they do right they like do, they're all they're all, they're all red and black don't. i don't know okay i mean i've never played any of them <laughs> but i can still recognize the differences between them just because like oh the one that they showed off that's the classic sora the final one is the one that i've seen in all the kingdom hearts 3 marketing you know that's how i distinguish mm-hmm. them i feel like that's it's going to be hard yeah. for like multiplayer if multiple people play as sora but yeah true, other than okay. the it's other not than a the, huge uh, issue the, the, yeah, the timeless one. river yeah Outside of that one, it won't be an issue, but it's mm-hmm. definitely, you know, the one through four or one through three skins, I should say, look so similar to one another. Now, as similar yeah. as they look, it is still really cool that they went through the effort oh, yeah, of presenting awesome them in each that. game. Yeah. yeah. As Sakura even mentioned, you know, this is our final character, so we wanted to go the extra mile in the alternative skins. Yeah, which, listen more power to him i think that's i think that is great can we also appreciate the, uh, really quick how for all the b-roll footage of kingdom hearts it says in the corner oh no uh, captured from playstation 4 which i think <laughs> is pretty indicative of what we can expect from the switch version so is the is the the cloud uh, version is it probably a cloud not version? gonna be good <laughs> i didn't uh I didn't follow up on this. Is Kingdom Hearts on Switch? Is it all a cloud version? All of it is cloud. Every single game in the series except cloud. This was probably the most disappointing part of the Direct to me because I've wanted these games on Switch for so long. I want all RPGs to come to Switch, right? Sure. But seeing them all in cloud versions, I could understand Kingdom Hearts 3 as being cloud version because that's a beautiful game that would probably make my Switch burst into flame. But Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 or 1.5, 2.5, whatever they're called, you know, the the remastered versions. I can totally see those running on Switch, especially considering that Square Enix has already done really high quality ports of their HD remasters of classic RPGs to Switch. Mm -hmm. Final Fantasy X and XII. Crystal Chronicles. Not that, <laughs> but look, okay. But you got, but try Final Fantasy twelve though. That's honestly oh, yeah, a brilliant. Oh, it form. looks incredible. Yeah, it looks yeah. great. Yeah. So I don't see why they couldn't do Kingdom Hearts. Get the same studio that did that to bring one point five and two point two point five to Switch, and then I can understand three being cloud. But having all of them that way, it's just sucky. Yeah, for it's sure. a, it is it is certainly disappointing. I I, I missed that part of the reveal. Um, but yeah, and uh, that's it's a shame. Um. That said, hopefully, you know, people with stable internet connections can have a great time playing the old Kingdom Hearts games. Um, I don't know. I I don't think this will be the thing that gets me to play these games. I, no, absolutely not. If, right? anything, like if, if anything, it's the thing that gets me to play them on PlayStation. 
Not on yeah. Switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked about or, this before, but like, what happens once that cloud goes offline? Exactly. And God knows yeah. how expensive this collection is going to be to own yeah. all of them. Like, you know, it's ridiculous. Not just owning, but especially considering that other cloud-based games are being treated as a service, not a one-time mm-hmm. purchase. You do an annual subscription of $40 or something to that effect. You know, how is that going to work when you don't have a cloud to play the game off of anymore? Spoiler, it won't. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it is, I mean, as we've said many times, it is disappointing Especially because this is a, a character that's been so hyped for so long. People are so stoked to to see Sora on the Switch and to be able to play the Kingdom Hearts games on the most popular system out there and to, to have it be, uh, frankly, an inferior version is, is you know, that's no good. No bueno, as, as they say. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's a, it's a shame. Eh, I don't know. I, I, I guess... I don't know. I guess yeah, Campbell. I guess you're right. I guess bust out the PlayStation if you want the if you want the experience. I don't know. It's funny. We've barely talked about like his presence in Smash overall, but it's just like there's nothing to complain about. You know? No, it's like, truthfully, it's, a, it's like, another Smash fighter, and it's another it's, Smash fighter. It's a great are, way are to there, close it. Yeah, we we have a we have an article up on the site right now. Over the weekend, uh, our editor in chief Rick just kind of threw out to anybody who wants to write about it, like, "Hey, does anybody want to write a little capsule review for anybody they hope to see from Super Smash Brothers Ultimate for the final reveal?" And all of our picks were incorrect, um, <laughs> even though we put Sora <laughs> in the header image, which is very funny. Um, what do we What do we got on here? We got Crash. Mark, you Mark, you were hoping for Crash. Uh, yeah. Rick put down Master Chief. Of course. Uh, Isaac, one of our other uh, writers, Professor Layton. Uh, we got Phoenix Wright from Campbell. I was hoping for Scorpion or a Mortal Kombat fighter. And then, of course, you know, Patrick was hoping for Waluigi. But, of course, the, none of that came to pass, and we have Sora instead. But even that being said, like, none of us are mad about it, I don't think, right? I'm no. furious. How I'm seething with rage <laughs> about this. Objection. Yeah. Okay. How could... Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. in all seriousness, how could you be mad? You know, there's so much content in this game. Exactly, yeah. any new character is going to be great, and even then, you know, even if it's a character that you weren't rooting for or a character that you don't have much of a personal attachment to, I can understand what makes Sora so special to other yes. people and special in gaming history. And really, I think it's so poetic to have the final character added to the ultimate gaming crossover to be in itself a representative of one of gaming's great crossovers between Square yeah. Enix and Disney. So it's really just a wonderful fit, even if it's not if, even if it's not my preferred anime attorney. So uh, I, I 100% <laughs> agree uh, with you, Campbell. And again, going back to an earlier point that you made, uh, the memes are good. The memes are great. Uh, seeing Sora <laughs> uh, casting all these DLC fighters who didn't make it into the, the door. Hole. Oh my <laughs> god! Like incredible. Seeing Sora do the selfie with the whatever the camera is yeah. from whatever Kingdom Hearts <laughs> Kingdom game, Hearts like 3, next to yeah. the dead Crash Bandicoot, oh, is incredible. Also, like, my favorite one is where it's Sora's about to like fight somebody, but then Woody holds him back, and Woody's is all like angry <laughs> and violent looking. Like, no, I'll take him. And it shows the next screenshot is Tebu from Smash <laughs> the Smash Brothers Brawl. <laughs> And honestly, now I really want in the next Smash game, if we can get Sora back, we need to have a playable Woody just so we can fight Taboo. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this this leads to to the other the other point. What is next for the future of Smash? Like what what's what do we think is gonna be not sacrifice? They take they take ultimate in the future and they just add more to it. Oh, boy. And eventually, eventually, we'll need a scope to see what character we're going to pick. <laughs> yeah, right. You have to break Truly. out a magnifying glass to your screen. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know how much you get. I don't know how you get more ultimate than ultimate, right? Like, do we call it Smash Ultimate-ter? Like, what do we... <laughs> ultimate Smash Ultimate Complete, right? Like, what... I, I, I don't know. I I don't know, man. I, I, would, I would love to see more Super Smash Brothers... Uh, games honestly guys super smash brothers is is super near and dear to me my very first ever uh, issue of nintendo power was the super smash brothers n64 uh issue so like i i've been high on super smash brothers ever since the very first game i remember in the playground talking to my friends about like well who are you gonna pick like what's you know what's what's gonna come out of the pokeball like who's your favorite character 
oh my god, you can, you can unlock secret characters? Like, how do you do that? How do you get Captain Falcon? Like, or, or getting, getting melee and staying up all night trying to unlock secret characters. Because we knew there were secret characters if he just fought hundreds of matches in a row. So, like, <laughs> just doing that. and like, How many great, times we, can we jump off the edge? How many? It's honestly, man. But no, we would never do that. We would just say we would do complete rounds. You know, we would we would we would fight it out. So I don't know. I would love to see more in the Smash franchise, but I I kind of don't think they're gonna make any more. I don't know. Oh, of course they're gonna make more. It's just a matter of how they'll you know do another one, which I really think they should just continue to build off Ultimate. I mean, I think mm. they should, but Nintendo hasn't done that in the past, and they've never really they seemed haven't. to have any and interest very, in it. Because yeah. they've done games in the past that naturally lend themselves to it. Splatoon. Splatoon 2. Those games could naturally expand forever. Mario Maker. You know, there are games yeah. that lend themselves to being games as a service, but the, instead of that, they opt for sequels. So I don't think that they're going to create a sequel to Ultimate in its strictest sense, because there's no way you can feasibly turn ultimate into a mechanically new or original sequel while still keeping 80 plus fighters 200 300 plus stages etc etc what i think they're going to do instead is probably i believe soccer has talked about this a little bit in the past but you know kind of dial back for the next game instead focus more on new characters rather than bringing everyone back which was really the focus of ultimate i think if if and when they do make more smash content i think it'll kind of be more like the reboot style Mm, you know like like the kind of the soft reboot thing um that other studios have been so so intent on doing lately you know and Um, it'll probably disappoint a lot of people because i I don't think we're ever gonna get this many characters again no i mean but if you're ever if you're ever disappointed then that's your fault really for trying to expect that they would keep Mm -hmm. these characters for for an all new game it's just too much to manage if they're trying to make something new yeah it's very true and then it's also about you know keeping each game i guess having its own individuality and Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. long-term purpose but it was still like it's always been upsetting to see like you know mewtwo wasn't in brawl snake wasn't in the wii u game it was like right it, it has continued for years and now with ultimate it's like you Everyone have no one complaining about characters yeah. except for people who are still whining about new ones. But you, you know, nobody hmm. is complaining that their favorite character got cut because they're all here, and I think that's the ultimate's best aspect. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And and like, what a what a legacy. Like, we're still gonna be looking back in in ten years, being like, oh my god, I can't believe they remember that Sephiroth reveal. Like, it's it's the hmm. the impact that this has had is uh, is undeniable. I think. Um, I saw. I loved that he he wound up the presentation with just dropping a ton of numbers. I thought that was awesome. Like, yeah, we've got whatever it is, eighty eighty two characters. We've got six a thousand tracks of music. We've got this many stages. We've got this many items. Like, I thought that was great. I love that he just went down the list of here is all the numbers of what this game represents across so many different franchises and and so many different pieces of gaming history i thought that was really really cool yeah uh, and then closing with the full sora trailer was cool as yeah. well because you know on the one hand i was a bit like oh they're recycling content here but then seeing the second half of the trailer and just that image that's been passed around on social media a lot already with sora shaking hands with mario honestly that image made me feel a bit emotional even though yeah. Sora means nothing to me, to put it bluntly. <laughs> but even then, seeing not just Sora and Mario shaking hands, but seeing all these characters in the same environment where Smash Ultimate was revealed all those years ago, now seeing the final character shaking hands with the first character in Smash, it's a beautiful way to close yeah. out this announcement. That is very um, true. I didn't think about it that way, that the first meets the last. It's also just a very cinematically just like gorgeous trailer. It's yeah. a great and the music him flying over, you know, all the characters as they're slowly coming back to life. And with and, that yeah. music soaring in the background too. I, the although music. what I Incredible. will say though is when the flame first came down from the Smash logo, I was honestly terrified that they were going to reveal like a fire type Pokemon as the final <laughs> character, like Cinderace or something was going to jump out of the flame. I was oh. racing myself for disappointment there. So I'm, I was Char- very glad Charizard. to see the key. Oh my God. Charizard again. <laughs> now you can play as Charizard, Charizard without Mega Charizard. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh my God. That would have been so funny. 
Uh, yeah, I, I was losing my mind trying to figure out what it would be when the fire first came out. Did when when Mario walked up to the to the flaming keyblade, there was like a little, it was like a music sting. Yeah, there was like that a, sound. Yeah. What was that? Was that was that a Kingdom Hearts thing or was that just like a sound? I'm pretty sure it's a Kingdom Hearts reference. It's got to be right. Now again, yeah. I also thought that was Pokemon for a second. So really, everything <laughs> oh, sure. was triggering me at that point. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't even talk about. Uh, it's, it's to go back to what you just said, Campbell. We didn't even talk about the music. The the Again, not a Kingdom Hearts guy, very much a Final Fantasy guy. So to hear like Final Fantasy style music in this, even more of it in uh, in Smash Ultimate, very very hype. I thought that was great. I mean, it's Yoko Shimomura who composes uh, the Kingdom Hearts music, and she's also done. She did, I believe, Super Mario RPG songs oh, in a few Final Fantasy games. Um, she did some Streets of Rage Four soundtrack. She just did. A, she actually contributed to the Xenoblade soundtrack as well. Everything oh, nice. she writes is yeah. absolutely incredible. Yeah. So beautiful, so very beautiful, uh, very distinct, very very fitting with with Smash Ultimate. I was super super high on that. I thought that was awesome. And then of course he he uh, Sakurai ended it. Uh, wonderful little wrap up. Just just very great. Again, not overly emotional. Very very down to business. But it's still he was able to convey just like how much the series meant to him and to fans. And I thought that was really really beautiful and nice. So I don't know. Congrats, congrats Nintendo. Congrats. Uh, Sakurai on, you know, what an achievement <laughs> on getting mm-hmm. Now Sora get back downstairs Smash. and get us yeah. Kid Icarus Uprising remastered no. or Don't a listen sequel. to Mark. Go take a take a damn break, man. Go sleep <laughs> for five minutes, please. We all want you to rest. <laughs> go and play your place. <laughs> no, I want Sakurai to just chill relax and play his PlayStation 5. <laughs> <laughs> just done with Nintendo now. <laughs> Oh my god! Can you imagine if if he got poached by like another big studio to make something to make a platform fighter or something? Oh my god, that's actually possible though, because <laughs> Sora Limited is an independent company, so technically yeah. oh, Sony gee. could hire him. PlayStation. That was also a nice. What was it called? Uh, PlayStation All Store. Oh boy, PlayStation All Stars. Oh, yes. Royale. Royale. Okay, but here's the <laughs> thing though. Now Smash Ultimate has become a better representative of PlayStation icons than the PlayStation Ooh. All-Stars ever was. Always, you've got Snake, yeah. you've got Cloud, you've got Sora. You know, yeah. like, these are some of the biggest icons of PlayStation Cause, systems yeah. past. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. that's Didn't even think about that, but that is incredible. That's a great point. Oh, man. Sorry, Mark, what were you saying before I started ranting about No, I was going to uh, say the, uh, the detail with Sora, how, um, you know, Sakurai's company is called Sora Limited, and then Sora yeah. was the character to be revealed. Yeah, didn't I do even, really like, about that. I yeah. love how in all these presentations, Sakurai always gives us a quick Japanese vocabulary lesson, where it's like, mm. Sora <laughs> means sky, and sky is unrelated to what we're going to be talking about here, but, you know, we always learn a little something whenever he gives his little presentations. So, yeah, one of my one of my favorite beats uh, uh, about, about these little directs, he always gives something. <sighs> so, yeah, I don't know, I think... Uh, there is a little bit of, uh, I don't know, a sense of closure, I think. But also it is, you know, it's a little melancholic to be at the end of, of this great legacy. So, yeah. I, I don't know. Anything else we want to say about about this character being added to Smash, the legacy of Smash? The, they need the... to release, like, an edition, like, on a cartridge with all the DLC. And yes. it will be $200. <laughs> well, honestly, though, listen. If, if they released a Super Smash Bros. Ultimate... You know, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Complete Edition complete with every character. Yeah. Every character is on there, and they bundle it with like a melee, like a GameCube controller, you know, and another adapter. Like I would ease, I would happily pay. So I would that would be three hundred dollars you know? then, going by Nintendo. Dude, honestly, logic. I would, I would pay it, man. Like, like I just, I want a functional GameCube controller from a first party <laughs> Nintendo. You missed out <laughs> twice and now you're complaining. I have listen, it's not my fault that scalpers exist. It's just not <laughs> like come on. Um I would I would happily throw down for that. Uh and again, I already have this game on a cartridge, but yeah, I, I would I would just a safeguard for for whatever shenanigans might happen in the future. I, I would I would I would uh I would do I would pay for that. Yeah. It's a great point, Mark. Uh, so yeah, with that, I think we can we can say goodbye to to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate uh, when this when Sora finally drops on the eighteenth of October. Yep. Yes, and I imagine we can you know 
if we have any We're Kingdom Hearts fans. Yeah. We'll go over it. We'll talk about what it's like to play as him. He looks super fun to play. I, I cannot wait to to dive into his moveset and see if I can pull off any of those combos that uh, Sakurai was pulling off. That was the the uh, the jumping off the stage to execute a daring aerial assault. That was very cool to me. I, I don't think I'll be able to do that or execute it, but it, the concept is great. Been loving that. So yeah, I think we can we could probably call it there. Um, and then we can come back and talk about some spooky things. I've been playing a spooky indie game. And we could talk about, you know, horror and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. As, as many have said, Spooktober slash it's Halloween month. Uh, I am not a Halloween guy. I do not often participate in scary things. I don't really love like dressing up in costumes and all that kind of stuff. That being said, I am making an effort this year to actually try to do some spooky things. Uh, I'm watching that new show on Netflix, Midnight Mass. It's nice and creepy. Uh, I'm going to go see the new Halloween movie when it comes out, Halloween Kills. Very excited about that. There's another Halloween movie coming out? They're making a sequel to the reboot that came out a few years ago. Oh, Uh, my goodness. With Jamie Lee's in it again. Yeah, honestly, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Looks like a masterpiece. uh, YouTube has been (laughs) barraging me with ads for that nonstop. For some reason, I always watch the ads through all the way. There's something just so (laughs) fascinating Campbell, you're part of the problem. I really am. I truly am. That's very funny. Uh, But the most important takeaway for this is I am making an effort to play some scary games. I hate horror games. They're too scary. Uh, they should be illegal, in my opinion. Uh, but I'm uh, I'm actually trying to 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 get over my my cowardice and play some spooky games. And an indie game that I played and I actually finished just last night that is on available on Switch. It's called Detention, a a Taiwanese developed. Uh, I would call it, I guess, a horror adventure game. It's like a, it's like a 2D side-scrolling adventure game. Super creepy. Honestly, one of the most well-designed games of its type I've ever played. I was pleasantly surprised by this game. And uh, I don't know, I guess I just kind of want to talk about, like, are there... What, first of all, what are your guys' thoughts just in general about, uh, you know, about Halloween stuff, about horror stuff, any spooky games on Switch you like? And then I do want to talk about this game, because honestly, I was... Truly surprised and, and uh, impressed with how much I loved it. I like loved this game, even though it's very short, very fun. Cameron, the polter pup sends shivers down my spine. Let me tell you, <laughs> scary, scary, absolutely terrifying. Oh, gee. Okay, All but right. may I just say that that is the reason why I I when I was at GameStop one time, but back when I was a child buying GameCube games, 
I held Luigi's Mansion in my hand, and I was like, I may want to spend my allowance on this game. But then I was like, no, it's going to be too scary for me. <laughs> and I got Super Mario Sunshine instead. Super Mario, yeah, the, the least scary game of all time, yeah. Yes, honestly, there are still some scary parts of Mario Sunshine that the, still haunt me. The Manta Ray? The, the oh, the Manta, Manta Ray boss. is yeah. so horrifying, honestly. That is existential from dread. The ending, it's literally from the ending of The Shining. I don't know if you guys know about this. Do you guys know about this? I know no, the reference. I've not actually uh, seen The Shining, but... So, no, Cameron... Please, please, oh, wait, hold so, on, wait a second. Oh, wait, pause. Campbell, you haven't seen The Shining? Nope. <laughs> we, should... we got bigger problems here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but just quick, quick plug for You Should See The Shining, one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, <laughs> but horror, and... though. Campbell, <laughs> Cameron's going to come scary. up to your door, throw an axe through it, and... Yeah. yeah. And say, here's Cameron. Cameron. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, Mark, please, please. Enla- I don't know. I don't know this reference in Mario Sunshine. Yeah. Please, so in enla- Super enla- Mario Sunshine, you have to fight a boss and it's called Phantom Manta. And it's like a giant thin paper phantom like manta ray. And Creepy. in it, um, it's actually from the ending of the novelization of The Shining, where it says a phantom, uh, like a manta ray type shape left the hotel. Okay, yeah, 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 that makes more sense. I was like, I don't remember that from the movie, but uh, but yeah. if it's in the book, that, that makes more sense. Okay, yeah. that's a deep cut right there. I wonder why they made that in reference a in a Mario game yeah. before. Oh, listen, Not- that's, that's classic Nintendo, putting creepy stuff under the surface when they think no one will notice, you know? It's okay, best. well, on that note... I mean, I will say that this definitely counts as a horror game. That one level in Mario Galaxy, where if you look out into the distance in the background, you can see three mysterious <laughs> creatures with beady yellow eyes. Like, they're tiny pixels they in the end background. Up just being trees or something? No, there's no explanation for them. They, the developers were clearly possessed aliens. to put them in the game. They're aliens trying to get you. Yeah, there's a listen. really haunting face in Mario 3D Land. If you laid it, if you, um... Oh my god, which level is it? It's like one of the ghost house levels, but at the ending by the flagpole, if you wait, like this really creepy face comes up in the background. What? Okay, yeah. I need to research this. Uh... So yeah, listen. Mario or Nintendo or not, there is a lot of, of great creepy games available on Switch, even though Nintendo is not generally known as a, a studio, you know, or a, a publisher that publishes a lot of horror games. There's a lot of great indie stuff on the Switch. And for the spotlight, I wanted to shout out this game, Detention. Um, is it, none of you guys have played this game, right? No. No, I sir. I okay, heard great. of it, actually. Oh, wow. It's 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 not new. It's uh, I want to say it came out like four or five years ago, so it's it's by no means a, a brand new game. The reason why it, it jumped out to me recently was because uh, the studio that made it, it's called Red Candle Games, published another game called Devotion. And I don't know if you guys remember this, about a year or two ago, Devotion got pulled from Steam because uh, the Chinese government was like, we don't want anybody to buy this that, game. That because I, I remember yeah, that it, one, yeah. You kind of remember this controversy? So uh, I was like, oh, wow, this game sounds really interesting, but I had no way to play it. And then just recently, maybe six months ago, or, or, or maybe eight months ago, uh, they Red Candle Games put a DRM-free version that is available to download just directly from them. Uh, so I bought a devotion slash detention kind of like a bundle fr- directly from the the, the studio itself. Uh, and through that, I was able to play Detention, which is also available on Switch. So that's kind of my roundabout way of, of talking about this game. Um, so yeah, so it's out on Switch. Perfect for the Switch, to be honest. Like I, I played it on my laptop, but I, I, I honestly would buy it again on Switch in a heartbeat because uh, playing this game like late at night in your bed, I think would be really like the perfect level of creepiness. It's not too scary. Like it, it is a, a creepy game, but it's it's not like uh, full of jump scares or anything like that. It's more like it's more like unsettling than it is um, like pulse pounding terror you know it's not trying to to terrify you it's it's trying to kind of get you to think about things in a new way um so it's a it's an adventure slash horror game it's set in a a taiwanese uh middle school or high school i want to say high school uh you play as uh a young girl uh and she is kind of experiencing these these really creepy phenomena it's very similar to like if you've played a silent hill game 
where you're kind of like an everyday character, but then things start going crazy. There's supernatural stuff happening, like, oh my God, what's going on? And then as you sort of uncover the mysteries of why these things are happening to this girl, that then you start of you kind of get this great like socio-political commentary about about uh, the state of government uh, in the kind of I want to say like oh boy like 80s no 60s 1960s Taiwan um, just about all this great social political commentary that I was really not expecting at all and I think even even applicable to you know to to, to how we view censorship and and stuff like that today. Uh, how we view being being watched, how we view being reported on. Like this game has a lot to say about like what we, how our uh, talking about other people close to us can come back to, to to bite us if we're not careful. Like and just kind of what it means to to be revolutionary, what it means to have opinions, and and what that can do to you if that's kind of freedom to express yourself is taken away. Uh, so this game has a lot to say about that, and through it, through the lens of horror, which is it's just really good. I was I was really impressed by the way the themes kind of all tied together, um, an iconography of of like I'm sure you've seen like uh, uh, footage in like a, like a political history class or something about communists being you know lined up and and uh, executed like scary stuff that actually happened. And th- this game kind of delves into, yeah, here's what that would look like through the lens of a 14 year old girl, like that that kind of that kind of commentary. It's I don't know. It really surprised me by how much I enjoyed it. The puzzles are really good. They're they're the perfect blend of like you you know you, you've played adventure games where it's like okay I got to find this object and this object and then I use them on this thing and it unlocks the door or whatever. So it's the perfect blend of of those kinds of of things. Not very punishing. Um, while it is easy to have your character get killed, it's not like you don't lose like an hour of progress. It's just like you get a little little loading screen that's like, hey, next time, you know, avoid the enemy by doing X, Y, and Z. But it's even the way that's presented is like within the context of the game. So like you respawn by a grave and there's like an old grave dig- old grave digger character who's kind of telling you, uh, like, well, if you see the spirit, here's how you avoid that spirit's, you know, life-sucking energy. Like, e- even even though it's, like, technically a loading screen tip, it's, like, within the context of the game. It's still really cool, the way it's presented. So that kind of stuff feels really cool. There was one puzzle towards the very end of the game that I got a little frustrated with. But again, it's a short game. It's maybe four hours, three hours, if you're, if you're uh, familiar with this style of gameplay. Uh, so, I don't know. I was really really impressed with it and i think it i don't know i would love to see more of this kind of game out in the world i feel like it's rare that you play a game that's like a horror game that's actually trying to say something beyond like you know we're just trying to scare you it's like no it's like it's got some stuff it wants to say which is i think unusual and and special so yeah i don't know i highly recommend it detention it's on switch i think it's like 12 dollars um, and who knows, it'll probably go on sale because it's a creepy game and it's Halloween month. So who knows, maybe it'll, maybe it'll get a price cut. Um, but it's only into... one horror game I've played on yeah. Switch. I just remembered it. We actually, I think we talked about it on this show. Pumpkin Jack. <laughs> Is, yes, <laughs> what a horrifying game. Yeah, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. incredible. From both a gameplay and visual standpoint. <laughs> One was not good. Yeah, luck, luckily I found this one pretty pretty pleasant to play. So I, again, it's always and good. it's doing a thing. There's a, there's actually some great writing on it on on Goomba Stomp. Uh, not not by me, unfortunately, but it was more published when when the closer to when the game came out. But if you go on Goomba Stomp and just and just uh, look up detention, there's some great writing on it. Uh, some great commentary about how like this game deals with the uncan the notion of the uncanny valley, um, how it uses. Uh, it's setting to to evoke certain feelings. So yeah, if if you look on on Gumasop again, not not by me, some writing by uh, who wrote these articles. Um, sorry, I'm just gonna quickly glance at actually who who wrote this stuff. Uh, Zach Razak, published five years ago. So again, not not by me. Before uh, our also time. Before our time, and also Kyle uh, Rogacion uh, mm-hmm. wrote also some really really time. interesting <laughs> really interesting reviews and and commentary on detention. 
Um, so yeah, if you're looking for something creepy to play that's uh, not too difficult, not too long, just perfectly, perfectly stays as welcome, uh, highly recommend Detention available on the Switch right now. Uh, and again, very independent studio, Taiwanese studio, Red Candle Games. Great, great group. Love them. Um, so yeah, all that being said, I think that's all I've got to say, unless you guys have any more questions about about this game or anything else you want to shout out about uh, about creepy stuff in general. I mean, the only real horror game that I've ever played is Doki Doki Literature Club. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't on Switch, though. That was back on PC. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, and now it is. Which it, and now it, it is. You have the right to bring it up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I will say, even as somebody who loathes horror games, that game still scarred me for life. I still wake <sighs> up screaming thinking of Monica, but, you know. I would uh, say, oh, just Monica. It's just Monica. Just Monica. It's just Monica. Just Monica. It's just Monica. It's just Monica. Uh, I will say, last year during Halloween, my girlfriend and I almost burned down her entire house by accident because she carved me a pumpkin and she carved the polter pup into it, right? Wow, your greatest and fear. And she put... Yeah. <laughs> and she put the... Uh, she put a real candle inside of it, except it's like a fake plastic pumpkin, right? Except right. we didn't oh, realize no. how low like the lid was because of the way yeah. we cut it and stuff. Oh, no. So it started like burning. You know, so now there's like a huge burn mark on top of the cover lid. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so we almost the polter pup, you know, as adorable as he is. I love that little guy, but uh he almost caused the you know, burning of an entire household. I'm just imagining a flaming polter pup running through your house <laughs> now, burning everything down to the ground. Okay, yeah, but I got it on the topic of Switch horror games. I really sure. gotta ask, you know, uh Pumpkin Jack sounds horrifying. But is any game on Switch really as horrifying as Contra Rocor? A game that <laughs> I, I really uh, defeated. I uh, uh, <laughs> Easily. Seeing uh, this standard buff protagonist say, you know I had to do it to him, as he teams up with a panda and jumps onto a missile to destroy a bunch of faceless <laughs> generic zombies. That's the most horrifying thing I've ever witnessed in a video game. Wait, there game. were zombies in Contra? It was all zombies. All zombies what? and weird aliens. I don't know what to call them. They were humanoid flesh <laughs> things. Isn't that Contra game did... about war, though? Yeah, it's alienish war against zombies. That game had no plot. I don't... It tried to, but nothing made sense. Nothing tried to make sense. I still, that's another game that haunts me in my dreams, especially oh where they oh try boy. to. I'm not even gonna go there. Mark, Just don't play this. We're game. winding them up. We're you, winding you really them up. Are. We gotta, yep. <laughs> we should I cut didn't it off even there. mention it this time. <laughs> we should, exactly. We should, no, exactly. Yeah, it came up himself. We should cut it off there before Campbell spins off into an existential rage. Uh, that Too said, late. if you want, to, I imagine there's some fantastic writing over on on uh, on the website about Contra Rogue uh, So make sure you check that out. <laughs> um, I've been your host, Cameron Dax, and you can find all of my writing over on Goombastomp.com. Uh, what, am I, what, what, have, what have I been writing lately? I wrote a great little review on a game called Subdivision Infinity DX, which I enjoyed. Also, some other stuff I've been writing about. Uh, Necrobarista. Um, what other Nintendo games have I been playing? I guess just, you know, Garden Story. Some of these, a bunch of stuff the like games. that. All the games. <laughs> and uh, I'm over on Twitter, at Action Daxon, so make sure you check me out over there. Mark, where can people find you on the internet? Find me at the Markel, and that, of course, is Mark with a C, Cal with a K. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, right now on the website, I have an article about the features I would like to see in Kirby and the Forgotten Land. A lot mm. of good stuff on there. Uh, Marvel What If, final episode. Uh, by the time this is out, I'll have the final article out for that one. Uh, Far Cry 6, you can expect coverage. That's all I can say. And finally, my review for Unmetal that we talked about last week is up on the website. And you will also soon see our site name in the Accolades trailer for that game. Yes, congratulations on that, by the way. Very cool. Uh, and Campbell, where can people find you? You can find all my games writing at GoombaStomp.com. Last thing I wrote was an indie game, indie game spotlight not long ago. Um, and we have another indie spotlight on the site as well from my co-editor Brent. So go ahead and check that out. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, you can find me on Twitter at CampbellSGill, uppercase CSG. And if you want to forge some new professional connections, maybe we can exchange networking tips or something to that effect. You can find me on LinkedIn at CampbellGill. There you go. And of course, N-Express is also on YouTube. We are at N-Express Nintendo Podcast. And we're on Twitter as well, at N-Express Nintendo. 
And of course, available to download and rate and review on the podcast platform of your choice, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, etc. Uh, there's a fun little article on Goombastop about our predictions for the final Smash character. Of course, we were all incorrect, but it's still an interesting read, I think. So yeah, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time.